everybody, and welcome to another episode of Battleground Games and Hobbies Behind the Shield, our podcast where we talk about what's going on in the world of gaming, board games, card games, miniature war games, and role-playing games. I'm Andrew, your host, and we're a little bit delayed in our podcast this week and missed a couple of weeks. It's been fun times at Battleground. Obviously, we had the Extra Life 25-hour gaming marathon, which was streamed on Twitch and went on here in the Abington location. It was spectacular fun, but it left many of us very, very tired. And then, of course, no rest for the weary. We dove straight into preparing for PAX Unplugged. You may notice, if you go into your local Battleground Games and Hobbies over the next couple of days, that we're a little understaffed that there's not as much stuff as you would normally expect to see on our shelves. This is because a lot of our staff and product is in Philadelphia. PAX Unplugged is a giant uh, convention all about non-electronic games, which is what Battleground is all about, so we're there. And if you happen to be there, I hope you'll swing by the booth and say hello. There's a lot of cool stuff there and a lot of cool people. And it looks like PAX Unplugged is an amazing, amazing time. I wish I could be there. But somebody needs to cover the stores, even if there's not as much stuff on the shelf as we usually have. In the meantime, man, do we have some stuff going on in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, this weekend is all about PAX. Though, I should say, there is a pretty spectacular event going on in the Norton location this Friday, which is today, if you're listening to this, the day that it comes out. During Friday Night Magic, Modern for a playset of Mox Opals, which seems pretty cool. Modern in Norton is a big thing and definitely worth checking out. But I want to talk to you folks about next weekend, because next weekend is Gangbusters. There is a major, major release for Magic the Gathering that kind of took us off guard. I don't know if you listened to the podcast last month where we talked about the Ultimate Masters set, but what actually happened was we came into the store one Monday and Matt, who's the manager of the Abington location, got a call from one of our distributors saying, we have a new Magic product and it's coming out in two months and how much do you want? And Matt was like, what is this product? This product is Ultimate Masters, supposedly the last of the Masters sets of Magic cards, which are reprints of very desirable cards from past sets, useful for folks who are building modern decks or legacy decks or just want something really powerful for kitchen table. And Ultimate Masters comes out next weekend. Next weekend. One week from today. That's pretty intense. And to support it, We have some big events going on in our Norton location on December 8th. That's Saturday. There's a Ultimate Masters sealed event where you get six packs of Ultimate Masters. You build your deck. Uh, It's obviously a big tournament. There is pool registration required, so you're going to have to actually log what you open. Build your deck. Play some games. Win some dual lands or other awesome cards. Uh, the buy-in is $115, but that seems well worth it to me. That same day, December 8th, in Abington, 
if maybe you're not as much into modern and you don't have $115 to spend, well, there's a PPTQ, and this is a standard event, preliminary Pro Tour qualifier. So if you want to play some standard magic, come into the Abington location on December 8th. That's only $27, and should be spectacular fun as well. But what about those folks who are not big into magic? Well, go out to our Saugus location, where we're going to have a Keyforge sealed tournament. The way Keyforge works, and we've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast, Keyforge is a new game from Richard Garriott, the creator of Magic. It's a spectacular game, a lot of fun to play, and every deck is unique. Every deck has a unique commander, uh, and is uh, there are no two decks that are identical. So the way that a sealed event works in Keyforge is you get a deck as part of your entry, and you play with that deck and see how well you can make it work. Some folks will probably end up being very, very lucky and open astonishing decks. For example, our good friend John Toomey, who is on the stream with us every week, John opened a Four Horsemen deck, which, if you're not familiar with Keith Forge, is a deck that has four horsemen cards. Obviously, not all Four Horsemen decks are created equal, but they are definitely top-tier decks. Just because those are powerful cards, and to have all four of them in one deck, damn. So yeah, some people might be lucky, get an amazing deck. Some people might have a less optimal deck. But then, a lot of the game is strategy. A lot of the game is knowing how to play it. And this early on, with Keyforge only having come out a couple weeks ago, I think this is going to be interesting to see what strategy people arrive at. Uh, my personal strategy with Keyforge is to try and run through my deck as quickly as possible. So I am very frequently discarding cards. Keyforge, uh, when you run out of deck, you just shuffle it and play with it again. So if you have an early card in your hand that's a late game card, don't feel afraid to pitch it because you may see it again later in the game. So yeah, that's my personal thing. Maybe some folks have other ways of playing. I hope that a lot of folks will have fun playing in that Keyforge Sealed event. Again, this is Saturday, December 8th. Then on Sunday, December 9th, in the Abington location, would you look at that? It's another Ultimate Masters Sealed event. So, wow. Another chance for you to play in an Ultimate Masters Sealed. Get a whole bunch of awesome cards. Build an incredible deck. And for those who are familiar with Magic, some of the cards that you will see in Ultimate Masters may seem familiar. Like, you could open a Snapcaster Mage. You could open a Liliana of the Veil. You could open a Karn. There's some astonishing stuff in this set. And many of these, if you get them in foil, are well over $100 in value. So... This is an event where you have the potential, even in your sealed pool, to open more than your entry. And if you play well, you might get something incredible because we have some astonishing prizes. If you go on our Facebook page, they have a, a quick sample of some of the prizes that are available at these events. They are 
desirable, especially if you are a Magic fan. Then looking forward another week forward, on December 15th in the Saga store, there's a massive, massive Warhammer 40k tournament going on. This is the Battle for the Shield event they've been planning for ages. It is unfortunately completely sold out. There's no room for further attendees, but if you want to watch, I'm certain they would welcome you. So that's what's going on at the various Battleground locations over the next couple of weeks. And there will be other things. These are just the things that we have listed right now. In the meantime, I know I usually talk about what's going on on our stream back at the beginning of the podcast. I'm sticking it here in the sort of middle of the podcast because our stream segues nicely into the subject of today's episode. The subject of today's episode, by the way, being board games, about board game recommendations and what you can do to figure out what board games to get for your friends and family during the gift-giving season. So, for our stream for the month of November, we had been talking about dinosaur games. We had played a whole bunch of dinosaur games as part of Dinovember, and as we transition, we're going from November to December now, we're going to play a game of Evolution, which I thought was a cute way to sort of move away from dinosaurs. For those not familiar with it, Evolution is a game about collecting resources by adding traits onto your creatures as they sort of evolve. You get the idea. And it's a really fun game and something I've been looking forward to playing on stream for a while. And this is the perfect time to do it as we transition out of Dinovember. I should mention that the version of Evolution we're going to be playing on our stream is the original version of the board game Evolution. Uh, I should probably explain that. So Evolution has a slightly confusing release structure. The original game came out, and uh, I really have enjoyed that. It's, like I said, a game about collecting resources, evolving creatures. And then they came out with an expansion for it, which added a few more uh, resource or a few more abilities to give to your creatures. That was the Flight expansion. It's a smaller box. And then they came out with a second expansion, which is the uh, Climate expansion. And the thing about Climate was, according to interviews I've read with the creators of the game, Climate was the original game they intended to make, was Evolution Climate. It adds a entire extra uh, bar to the game, that indicates how warm or cold the planet is, and it moves as the game plays. And some of the traits that you can give to your creatures give them advantages or disadvantages depending on how warm the world is. So you could have woolly creatures obviously have an advantage when it's cold, but are at a disadvantage when it's warm. So things like that. The creators, when they released Climate, also released a new version of the game. So in addition to Evolution, and in addition to Evolution with the Climate expansion, there is actually a single box called Evolution Climate, which is the expansion plus the original game. They then released, and this is one I have not played, a new version of the game called, I believe, Evolution New Beginnings, which is a stripped-down easier-to-play version of Evolution. 
So there are three different versions of the game available. What we're going to be playing on our stream on Friday, today, is going to be the original evolution. So hopefully you can tune in to see that. Uh, again, obviously, if you miss it, you can watch it on YouTube, or you can watch the VOD. We always welcome viewers. It's always more fun if you can watch it live because you get to participate, but it's always available for you later on. So that moves us out of Dinovember. For the month of December, we're going to be doing wishlist games. We're going to be playing games that we, the streamers, have very much wanted to play and have not had an opportunity to try out. And I think that fits well with the sort of gift-giving season is we're giving ourselves the gift of some games that we haven't had a chance to try. Starting with Everdell, which is my wish list game for this year. We're going to be playing that next Friday. And that sort of segues into the subject of today's episode. For the month of December, for our podcast, we're going to be talking about gift-giving, uh, because there are a plethora of holidays in the December season, some of which are earlier than usual this year. And buying gifts for folks can be tough. So I want to try and find a way to make it a little easier for you. Maybe just by planting some seeds, giving you some ideas. Uh, we're not going to do like a top 10 rundown or a favorite games thing, because games are very subjective. There's something that it really depends on the recipient. So this is going to be my number one recommendation, is you need to know what your recipient is into, what sort of game they're interested in. For this series, we're going to talk about a different type of game each week, starting today with board games, because I love board games, and because since we're understaffed, I'm all alone on the podcast today. So let's talk a little bit about gifting board games. So a lot of the time, your gift recipient is going to be somebody, if they're like me, who buys a lot of games for themselves. This can make things tricky because you have to figure out not only what they're into, but what somehow they have not managed to get yet. Obviously, it is very advantageous if you manage to get a wish list from your recipient. That's a good place to start. Uh, another, another option, and this is one that my wife and I usually use, is to put a moratorium on game buying. So... For the month of November and December, Amanda and myself buy no games for ourselves. That way, the other one of us can purchase games that we know the other person wants, but hasn't bought yet. So that's a good thing to do. Put a moratorium. Say, don't buy any more games because you just might be getting something for the holidays. And that sort of brings us to new releases. It's uh, that time of the year, and games are coming out extremely fast. So this 
by next week will be out of date. But there are some cool new releases coming in. There's some awesome stuff hitting the shelves. If your recipient is on a moratorium and is not buying games for themselves, here are some possibilities. And some of these are going to be tricky to get a hold of, but because sometimes new releases are printed in limited runs so as not to uh, oversell. But here are some good recommendations for your recipient of games that have come out within the last couple of weeks. I'm a little sorry that Amanda is not on the podcast because I know she would love to talk about the Fallout board game expansion, New California. And I'm certain she'll talk about it later. Uh, if you tune into the, the stream, she'll probably talk about it there. And I would not be surprised if it turns out being one of the games that we play on the stream in December. If you are familiar with the Fantasy Flight Fallout game, it is a multiplayer game with a preset uh, map of hexagons, although only some of the locations are locked, some of them are random, and you don't know what they are until you explore them. And the objective of the original game is to explore the wasteland, gain the most influence, and become sort of the master of the wasteland while keeping your opponents from getting as much influence as you do. New California adds a whole bunch of new playable characters. It also adds a co-op variant. It has uh, expansion tiles for some of the scenarios from the first game, so they get larger. You make a bigger map, which makes it more fun. It also contains new scenarios, and as I said, a co-op scenario where you're playing all together against the game to end up with more influence than the game has, which is sort of how Amanda and I had tweaked the original game to play. We enjoyed playing it single player or co-op more than playing against each other. So we're really looking forward to trying that out. Very limited quantities, as I said. That is, uh, it's a Fantasy Flight game, and sometimes those things sell out quickly. But if you're listening to this on Friday, there may still be copies on the shelves in uh, some of our Battleground locations. That's Fallout New California. Another new release that just came out within the last week is The River. It is a uh, sort of Uwe-style... Uh, land domination game, very Euro style worker placement game. And it looks gorgeous and will appeal to the more intense board gamer on your holiday wish list. So that's the river. Uh, one game that I'm leery of myself, but has been getting some really good reviews is Hail Hydra came out a couple months ago, so it's possible that your board game person might have already purchased it, but it is a deductive reasoning game similar in tone to Secret Hitler, the hook being that even once you have been discovered, you have a chance to still win the game. So that is appealing to the sort of person who enjoys things like Secret Hitler and figuring out through deduction what roles people are playing 
That's definitely a cool one. Uh, and there's a bunch of new expansions and sequels. Like, for example, there's a Carcassonne Hills and Sheep expansion that just came out. There's a sequel to Azul, the Azul Stained Glass of Sintra game. That's going to be extremely hard to get a hold of. I would wait until after PAX and see if any of your local battlegrounds have them. It's possible we'll be able to get more in before the holidays, but it's possible that we won't. So, yeah, a lot of cool new releases. I highly recommend coming into your local battleground, checking out the shelves, talking to whomever is behind the counter, find out what's just come out. Oh, Codenames Harry Potter. I forgot to mention, so most of our listeners will be familiar with Codenames. It's one of those games that we played extreme amounts of at PAX a couple years ago because it's a really fun, inexpensive, entertaining party game. Uh, the idea behind which is you have two Codemasters and their teams. The Codemasters know which cards they're trying to get their teams to pick, and there are cards they don't want their team to pick. Both their opposing, opposing players' cards and and the Secret Assassin. They've released a bunch of versions of this. There's a Marvel variant. There's a Pictures variant. There's a Disney variant. Now there's a Harry Potter variant. So, something to appeal to people who both like Harry Potter licensed games and like code names as a game itself. That's definitely something fun to play with. So a lot of cool new releases in the stores. Um, in terms of non-new releases, like I said at the beginning, you really need to sort of know what your recipient is into. And I think an excellent resource for you are we the employees of your local battleground. Come on in, tell us something that your recipient enjoys, and we'll be able to find something similar that they might also enjoy. So, for example, I mentioned the Carcassonne expansion. What would somebody who likes Carcassonne like? Well, I mentioned the river, another sort of resource management, worker placement, Euro-style game. Those fit into a sort of style of game. If somebody likes one of them, they'll probably like others. Uh, for fans of co-op games... There's a lot of excellent co-op games. Uh, if you watched the Extra Life 25-hour marathon, you will have watched us utterly fail at playing Forbidden Sky. But if somebody likes Forbidden uh, Desert or Forbidden Island, there's Forbidden Sky. There's a lot of cool co-op games that are out there. Uh, what if they're into deck builders? Obviously, my first go-to is probably the DC deck builders, because those are awesome. But there's a whole bunch of other deck building games from the sort of classics like Ascension and Dominion up through the DC deck builders and uh, the Marvel deck builders. There's a whole bunch of options there. So yeah, come in, tell us a game that your recipient enjoys, and we will make an effort to find you something that fits with they, what they enjoy. Uh, and it can be just that simple. It's just that easy. Most of all, 
play games with your recipient. You know, that's the the greatest gift that you can possibly give, is your companionship and playing cool games with your friends. I think that is the true reason for all the various holidays that go on this time of year, is celebrating companionship, celebrating family, community, celebrating games. As far as I'm concerned, that's what it's really all about. And I'm going to leave you with that message today. Thank you for listening, everybody. I will look forward to talking to you next week when we will be talking about more gift recommendations. I believe next week we'll be talking about collectible card game recommendations because we have some interesting ideas there. So I'll talk to you then. See you online and in the stores, folks. Bye.